listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. (laughs) I'm trying to make it, like, organic, you know. I think you're doing great, baby. Keep it going. Okay. We're not cutting any of this. Okay, great. Um, how's your family, Zach? Well. Well? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say well no. and then continue. No, I think they're doing well. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, this episode is in honor of a member of your family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is a request. So, you know... Um, part of this pod one of the most fun parts of this podcast is people listen to episodes and truly i didn't expect it but people get so excited to give me topics which is good because you are always racking your I'm, brain and i know listening and looking and trying looking to find good topics. topics and if someone can say this thing would interest me i would like to hear a 30 minute podcast about this thing i'm like all here for it of course um and so we got a topic suggestion a really passionate suggestion from someone in your family, none other than Zach's dad, and his suggestion was Evil Knievel. Oh, okay, cool. You remember? I do remember him mentioning that. Yeah, so Zach's family has a new toy in the family since Christmas. It's a pinball machine that is Evil Knievel themed, and it's super, super cool. They recently got it refurbished. It's awesome. Um, And his dad has since then basically told us about evil knievel and what a cool dude he was and how everyone was so into him when he was a young kid uh so i'm here for it yeah i'm ready i think this will be really neat he's done a lot of crazy stuff yeah we all just think of him as that crazy daredevil right i don't know a lot of specifics about him but i know he jumped over 20 buses or something on a motorcycle a lot of buses yeah (laughs) i don't know the number either yeah that kind of yeah a lot of crazy stuff yeah. Um, I don't I don't know any more specific than that. Yeah, but you'll find out. I'll find out. Yeah. It's funny. We don't really have anyone like that today, do we? Who's no. the evil Knievel of our day? It's tough to say. I don't... Like, there's the jackass guys, which is oh. an evolution. You know, it's a... Wait, it, it's not at all the same no. as evil Knievel. But in recent years, uh, the motocross rider Travis Pastrana, he has done a few evil Knievel type stunts on live tv and i i don't know off the top of the head they may have even been straight up recreations of evil Evil stunts yeah jumping uh i know he did the fountain at um the is it the bellagio in vegas with the big fountain Mm -hmm. jumped that fountain uh and i want to say he did one other one within the past few years and again i I don't know if these were recreations of evil Knievel stunts Mm -hmm. but they were definitely in the same vein that's really cool yeah I feel like Evil Knievel existed at a time where if you were going to do crazy stuff on a motorcycle, everyone in the country was going to pay attention. Whereas nowadays, you could do crazy stuff on a motorcycle and there's just so much content and everyone's watching different streaming networks that like maybe we'd even miss it. So So, true. Because you say that guy's name, I don't think I've even ever heard of that person. Really? Travis Pastrana? No. He's like, he's by far the most famous motocross rider. I guess I'm outside like that demographic. Like X Games and Supercross and all of that stuff. Yeah, he's he's really, um, he's the biggest in the sport. Cool. Well, good for him. 
and good for Evil Knievel for setting an example for that young man, <laughs> and good for you for taking a half hour to find out more and tell us about it. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. Was it a good one? It was a good one. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. It was. There's so much here. Goodness gracious. I feel like you say that a lot, and you're not wrong. Um, it's cool. There's a lot to learn about a lot of topics in the world. You're right. I do say that a lot, and I guess this isn't unlike the other times, too, but I was just writing the entire time, yeah. the whole 30 minutes, and a couple minutes after, because I was like just in the middle of going over all this stuff, and I'll just say right now, I was so sucked in and reading so much. This is entire all 99% off of wikipedia oh wow yeah all right so fair enough <laughs> fingers crossed that that information is correct cool so he was born uh in 1938 his name is evil knievel his right. name is robert craig knievel <laughs> i don't know why we call it knievel it's spelled k-n-i-e-v-e-l you think it'd be knievel like k-n to start mm. a word the k when do you ever say the yeah that's the k? true maybe they did that made that choice later when they realized it it worked with evil better i guess so but evil knievel that works too oh yeah <laughs> also of all the i mean i guess evil is a it would be a weird first name to have but when you were saying his name i i most certainly didn't expect the knievel bit to stick and like be part of his real name <laughs> yeah uh so that's pretty fun anywho robert craig knievel uh, he's born in butte montana mm. and he's a you know pretty regular kid like just Regular parents, his parents, I think, were both immigrants. Mm -hmm. um, you know, typical story. Not a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, he likes to ride motorcycles as a kid. And he was inspired by seeing um, this other daredevil who had his own traveling show named Joey Chitwood. Ooh. And he was like a very early, like, I think he did more car stuff. I don't know if he was necessarily on a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. um, but had a traveling show that was automotive daredevil type thing. So he was really into that. Yeah. Uh, he was into riding horses. He did some skiing. He Sounds uh, like a very idyllic Montana childhood. Right. Pretty classic. Mm -hmm. So he left high school in his sophomore year and he went to work in the copper mines in town. Ooh. And he was... What a choice. No yeah. more school? <laughs> copper mines. <laughs> Just straight to the underground. <laughs> mm. And as you can imagine, he's, you know, a bit of a troublemaker. Oh, okay. Given that his he went on to become Evil Knievel, right. mm -hmm. he's always pulling stunts. So he yeah. starts off down in the mine, and then eventually he gets assigned to work up on the surface, and he's driving a bulldozer type thing and making it do some sort of wheelie, and he smashes <laughs> into a power line, the oh, main no. power line of Butte, Montana, no. and cuts power to the entire city. Really? Yeah, and he was fired for that. Dang. Which... You know what? Good for his boss. I would have fired him too. Yeah, I mean that seems that seems fair for him to be fired for that. Talk wow. about a liability. So this dude, he was always going at it from the beginning. He was like, "I'm gonna get on some kind of motorized vehicle and do weird stuff with yeah, it." Yeah, from the start, he's you know, and around this time too, he's participating in rodeos and ski big jump ski events and stuff mm. like that. He's an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, exactly. He's, He's always daredevil. looking for that next big thing. Yeah. 
1950 rolls around, he joins the army because he's about that age and that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. And he's on the track team in the army doing pole vaulting. He's just an all-around athlete. Yeah. You know, he's one of these people. It's like, what can't he do? He's mm. on a motorcycle, on a horse, he's skiing, pole vaulting. There are people like that. I feel like everyone, we all know people like that who are just good at anything physical, mm-hmm. athletic. It, they They excel in all of it. And it gets crazier because when he came back from the army, he marries his wife, Linda. Oh, Linda. And he's like, oh boy, army's over. What the heck do I do now? I got fired from that mine. <laughs> I almost broke the whole city. Army's over. <laughs> I know what I'll do. Uh, I'll start a semi-pro hockey team called <gasps> the Butte Bombers. No way. Did you know that before you started reading? Side note, for those who don't know, Zach is a huge hockey fan. Big time. And no, I had no idea. This was fascinating. He starts this semi-pro hockey team, and he's trying to promote it. This guy is... He loves to promote things. He's <laughs> such a character. He can. He's a salesman. Mm. He's a marketing get person. Like that, He just has that brain. Yeah. You can't stop him from not doing that. Some of us do. Some of us don't. Right. So he starts this semi-pro hockey team, and I don't know, what do most people do when they start semi-pro hockey teams? Just try to compete, maybe try to keep the bills paid, you know, form a good team, yeah. get in a solid league. He's like, I know what I'll do. I'll reach out to the Czechoslovakian hockey team, and I'll see if they want to play us in an exhibition game leading up to the 1960 Olympics in Perfect. California. What? Why in So California? He, he, like, gets this set up through the IOC, the International Olympic <laughs> Committee, like, they make they get a game with the Czech team. Dang. In California, uh, he's ejected in the game. He is. Yes, he he's gets, not even a player. No, he is a player. Oh, yeah, he's on the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know why I was picturing a youth team. No, no, he's on the team. Oh. That's what I'm saying. He's he's such an athlete. Yeah. After all of this, he comes back and he's like, "Oh, I'll just start a, a pro hockey, hockey team. team." Right. So he gets ejected from the game, uh-huh. and according to Wikipedia, again, uh-huh. the after the game, the officials go to the penalty box to like collect the payment that they were promised and he had left the building and (laughs) he took like all the receipts with him and everything and the international olympic committee ended up like paying for all of it because they didn't want to be in bad standing with these you know foreign uh players that they're hosting on their soil what a character this guy doesn't care no you don't give enough about nothing (laughs) (laughs) after that he tries out for another more legitimate pro hockey team and then he's like okay i'm not gonna be in the nhl i gotta do something Mm. else so he goes back to montana and he's sitting around he's like what the heck do i do i gotta i gotta i got mouths to feed i need to pay my bills does he have mouths to feed i think he has a son at this point yeah okay and also linda of course yeah linda Linda bork she's starving (laughs) because he's just playing hockey against all these crazy people all over the country not making a dime in fact stealing and while he's doing it so he needs to find a job and he's like i got all these skills i got hunting skills i have fishing skills i've i have uh mountain men skills i'll work as a hunting guide so he gets hired by this guy like field guide company and again ever the marketing man that he is he sets a policy for himself that if you train with him and take him out as your guide if you don't kill some big game He'll give you your feedback. Oh. Right? Just another thing. Yeah. He's always doing something. So smart, though. Like, if you're looking for a hunting guide, 
you're going to go with that guy? Yeah, for sure. That's a great guarantee. Yeah, and if he was as good as he's reported to be, he was probably pretty successful with it. Yeah. While he was working for that company, he learned about something that they were doing in Yellowstone with the elk population there called culling, Mm -hmm. which is separating the herd almost, almost like the opposite of natural selection. So separating okay. the herds being like, oh, we'll take all the crummy elk and like kind of weed them out of the herd so mm-hmm. that only the better ones live, which, you know, isn't great to do to your animal population. That seems like it is like exacerbating natural selection. Right. Which you don't want to. You want yeah. it to happen naturally if it's going to happen. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So it wasn't good and it wasn't good for the population. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like that. So <laughs> he started a petition mm-hmm. again. This guy can't just sit still. Can't quit. Can't Uh quit. Starts a petition, gets 3,000 signatures, hitchhikes from Montana all the way to D.C. and petitions representatives and senators. And he effectively got them to end culling in Yellowstone National Park. What? I know. That's not... What can't he do? When I asked you to look up Evil Knievel, this is not what I was expecting. Mm -mm. I'm going to be honest. Oh my gosh, me neither. What an environmentalist. that's That's why my brain hurts right now because i was writing a million words a minute just trying to fit all of this in like at this point i'm 10 minutes into researching and And you're like there's no motorcycle yet dang dirt bike (laughs) right okay so he saved all the elk thank god Uh and now (laughs) according to wikipedia he returns to butte from washington dc and according to wikipedia he quote decided to stop committing crimes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like someone having fun on wikipedia but also maybe 100 percent true i think it's true what crimes was he committing i don't know prior? up to this the only crime he really committed was stealing the you know receipts and not paying the reps yeah. at that hockey game maybe they just but didn't list out all the crimes as the story unfolds he's you know no offense to mr knievel but he seems like the type of guy who is always doing Committing some, <laughs> some under-the-table deal. Yeah. One of those people where it's just like, how do you have the money for that? You're yeah, broke. Yeah. How are you now selling that? You How'd you get that? You know, that sort Again, of thing. we all know those people too. Right, for and real. who knows what crimes they're doing. Something shady. Good something for sneaky. him for deciding to to come to the light side and, and ship-shape himself up. So he says, I'm done with crimes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to race in the motocross circuit. Okay. So he joins the local motocross circuit, and he's pretty good. He's making a decent living. Okay. But he gets... Do you know how old he is approximately right now? Approximately... Is he like 30? Or... No, mid-20s. Mid-20s? Yeah. This guy lived a million lives by his mid-20s. I'm telling you, he's a prolific man. Cool. So he's on the local motocross circuit, mm-hmm. doing okay. Mm-hmm. Then he gets injured, which is typical. Probably happen sooner mm-hmm. or later when you're on the local motocross Are circuit. Are they at least wearing helmets? Do you know? Yeah, definitely. All right, good. Definitely, he gets hurt, so he starts to sell insurance, and this is crazy. <laughs> I, no, don't buy insurance from this guy. From everything <laughs> I've heard, do not buy insurance from this guy. Yeah, he's got a thing with insurance. We'll talk about that later. Oh boy. But he starts selling insurance for a guy mm-hmm. named W. Clement Stone, okay. who turns out to be a very successful guy. He actually suggested a book to Bobby. He wasn't evil yet. He's oh, still okay. Bobby. Bobby. Suggested a book to him called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude that this guy, Ooh. his boss, W. Clement Stone, wrote with Napoleon Hill. 
Oh, Thinking Grow Rich guy. Right. Mm. Very, very famous. I want this book. I know. Yeah. What a right? modern sounding title. Success yeah. through a positive mental attitude. I like it. Let's get it. And that's what this guy was, W. Clement Hill. He's a philanthropist and, you know, a real like pioneer of that mental, you know, positive mental attitude movement. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as you can tell from the title of the book, he's selling insurance. He's doing great. He's been on the month uh, on the job a couple of months, and he thinks that he should be promoted to vice president of, of the company. Of course he does. He would. And they say, <laughs> no, sir, not so fast. So he says, that's it. I quit. I'm moving to Washington. What? Takes his family with him, and he starts working at a – actually, no. He starts his own Honda motorcycle dealership in Washington. Okay. Washington State. Washington yeah. State. Okay. Correct. And after – Beautiful place. Love yeah. it. Hey, he's coming from beautiful country too, Butte, Montana. Mm -hmm. He knows beautiful countries. Yeah. He he has his own dealership there, and then he's like, eh, this is tough. People aren't really buying these imported <laughs> motorcycles. I'm going to go work for a different motorcycle dealership. So he you know, stops owning his own shop, goes to work for another guy. And then he's like, ah, oh, I remember seeing that Joey Chitwood guy when I was young. Mm. He was cool. Yeah. I could do something like that. So he sets up his own event. This feels like the moment to me. This is the yeah. This is the moment in the movie. That's yeah. the this is the end of Act One. This is one the call to action. He's yeah. He's going into his. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's really stepping into his own here. Yeah. He sets up his own event. He see this is the type of thing where it's like, where do you get this money? You're yeah. you seemingly have never held on to a job. You can't sell a motorcycle to save your life. <laughs> <laughs> he rents the venue. He promotes the whole thing all on his own. He sells the tickets all on his own. He gets all this buzz going about this thing. A pretty small crowd shows up. Okay. But he uh, he jumps over a, I don't know why this cracks me up, a 20-foot box of rattlesnakes <laughs> and two mountain lions. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Where did he where did he collect them? That's the type of person he is. Where did he where did, he would know where to get he probably a got box a of rattlesnakes and two mountain lions. I would have no idea where to start. He would he would be able to procure that in one I day. I wouldn't put it past this dude that he found them and wrangled them himself. I wouldn't either. Lord he knows he probably had the talent to do it. Yeah, and he was like, I have to fill this with some dangerous stuff. And he just went out into the woods and like found what he could. <laughs> That is hilarious. So he jumped his motorcycle over that. That's right. How did he keep the mountain lions in the box? They can jump. I don't think they were in the box with the snakes. What are you, nuts? Oh. <laughs> They'd get killed. Well, where? Who would get killed? The mountain lions. You I think, think the snakes would eat them. I think a mountain lion could kill a snake. Well, if you have a box full of rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, one-on-one, yeah, no, one, no, I don't right. know. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm not even sure the mountain lion would win. Probably, but a box full of rattlesnakes. Twenty rattlesnakes versus two lions. You're right. It yeah. would be bad. It'd be a bloodbath. Okay, it was a ridiculous box. It was. It was a whole. It was a ridiculous event. Mm -hmm. But it was successful enough that yeah. he found a sponsor. And also, think about it. If you went to that, you would tell everyone you know because oh that's God. the most hilarious story you would ever have. It's also the best thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, if you true. Just live what in Washington in nineteen. I don't know nineteen. <laughs> 60 yeah five you've maybe. never seen anything exciting before no. you don't even have a you don't even have a microwave at home yet no no microwave no ipod nothing no quibby <laughs> i don't think anyone has quibby at home <laughs> it was successful enough that he found a sponsor and mm -hmm. this guy 
he was going to hook him up with the motorcycles he needs. But he wanted to change his image a little bit. Mm-hmm. He wanted him to hire a group of riders to, to put on these shows with him. And he didn't want it to be Bobby Knievel, the super daredevil. He mm-hmm. wanted him to be Evil Knievel and his crazy daredevils or wow. something like that. Yeah. But he wanted him to be Evil Knievel. Interesting. I'm surprised that didn't come from Evil himself. It seems very on brand. Yeah, he's he's got... He's multifaceted because mm-hmm. given his past, you would think he'd be... He would have given himself the name Evil. Yeah, although he did decide to stop committing crimes, remember? Oh, that's true. Maybe he saw the light. Yeah. Uh, he didn't want to be Evil Knievel because he didn't want to be associated with the biker gangs of like mm. the Hells Angels. So he was like, mm, I won't be E-V-I-L, but I will be E-V-E-L. <laughs> and pronounce it Evil. Uh, yeah, we can pronounce it the same way, but I'll change that one letter and yeah, that'll sit right with me. He so, would never have done that nowadays because it's bad SEO optimization. Everyone would be searching the regular spelled evil. That's true. It would be a mess. Mm-hmm. Be then a it didn't matter. Nothing nope. existed. So it was fine. No Google, no Quibi. You didn't mm-hmm. have any of that back then. <laughs> So he changes his name to Evil Knievel and, mm-hmm. and the something Daredevils. Yep. You know. And we're off. He gets a group. He hires a couple other riders, but that doesn't really stick. But I think that's the idea at first, is to get a, a group mm. that they can take on the road. Their first show is January 3rd, 1966 at the Indio Date Festival. Indio, mm. California, which is where Coachella is. Oh. They had a date festival. Yeah, and it goes well. He he does a you know pretty cool jump. I think he jumps a couple of cars. When I say a couple, I mean literally like you know four maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool. And people there are like, oh sweet, I could, yeah, I could I could watch this again. Yeah. So he gets a couple offers to come put his show on in other locations. One of them a month later being uh, Barstow, California. Is Barstow in California or Nevada? I don't know. I think it's California. Sure. I know it's near-ish the border. All right. Um, so he tried to jump a motorcycle. I The way I read this, he tried to jump over a moving motorcycle. Like, he s- was standing on the ground, <laughs> and a motorcycle sped at him, and he tried to jump over it. No. But he jumped too late in the <laughs> motorcycle. So picture... Picture you're standing there, legs shoulder width apart, yeah. and there's a motorcycle speeding towards you. Yeah. And the plan is to Jump. leap over it, like spread your legs out to the side and let the motorcycle ride right onto you. Uh-huh. But he jumps too late, so the thing smashes right yeah. into his groin. I can picture that. Yeah, and it sent him to the hospital. Uh, yeah, so for sure. He's in the hospital. <laughs> this, is, this is a bad idea. But when he got out of the hospital, he went back and he finished the show. No. Yeah, he's a man of his word. <gasps> After that, they began... I don't think there was a they at this point, actually. I think it's just him. Mm-hmm. Began traveling around, doing shows all over, and jumping cars. That's really his big thing, is mm-hmm. he's jumping cars. And yeah. He keeps adding more and more cars so that he can, you know, double back into the same town and, yeah. you know, advertise that he right. did seven cars last time. Now he's doing eight. Yeah. He goes to the next city and does eight and eight and eight. And he does the same, you know, loop. And am I adding another car? And everyone's freaking out. And they come and see it because they love it. Yeah. June of that same year, I believe we're in 1966 right now. June of that same year, he tried to jump uh, 12 cars and a van. Okay. But he was not so successful. Oh. Turns out he's not great at jumping motorcycles. No way. <laughs> he crashes. He <laughs> broke his arm and several ribs. Oh. But he's like, that won't deter me. I'm going to keep adding cars. 
as soon as he can. He's jumping more. In March 1967, he clears 15 cars. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot, especially when you like start with seven and you probably think seven is about the amount that I can jump. And then a little while later, look at you. You're jumping 15. Yeah, he's flying over him. Yeah. That's March of 67. July of 67, he... Surprise, surprise, crashes again, and he gets a really bad concussion, (laughs) and uh, it takes him like a month to recover, but when he's done, he's like, I'm going to go finish the show, so he goes back to finish the show, and he does the same jump, and he crashes again, (laughs) and this time he breaks his wrist, his right knee, and two of his ribs. This dude gets destroyed. Wow. It's It's amazing that he has walked away from all of these injuries. At all, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Like he's, Dang, I wonder how Linda feels about all this. Poor Linda's over there in the court. Or maybe she's like, I don't care. He's crazy. I can't keep a leash on him. Poor Linda is right because I think she's old news at this point. <laughs> I don't think she's his <laughs> wife anymore. But good for her. Maybe she left him because he's yeah. a nut. Yeah, she's probably like, I don't want the father of my children constantly crashing <laughs> motorcycles. This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> okay, so skipping ahead a little bit. He is in... Vegas. I think this. I think this in is my 1967. Brain, Evil Knievel is in Vegas. Like he only exists in Vegas. That's where he lives. And if you go there, you'll just come upon him. That's all he do. He mm-hmm. stays. He stays in Vegas. He is yep. a Vegas guy. That's for sure. Yeah. This is uh, November, I think, of 1967. He's in Vegas watching a boxing match, mm-hmm. and he sees uh, Caesar's Fountain, Caesar's Palace, mm-hmm. the fountains out front. And oh. he's like, oh, I want to jump that. It'd uh-huh. be dope if I could jump that. So Wait, so it's Caesar's Palace. It wasn't the Bellagio. Yes. Yeah, okay. we said Bellagio yeah. earlier. I think we were Bellagio talking about has... Travis Pastrana at the time when we said that, which... Oh, oh, but yeah, I, yeah. I, But still, You're probably Travis right. Pastrana was probably doing Caesar's to recreate that. If it's still there. I don't know, because I was thinking of that when I was doing the research. I was like, Bellagio, that... That definitely wasn't there. That, that's all new Las Vegas. Oh, that's not... Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I forget what Travis Pastrana And also, did. the Bellagio Fountains that we're thinking of is just like the the water shooting up. It's not as much a fountain. So maybe, maybe it was. You I, know what I mean? I'll look it up while we're talking, but I'm pretty sure Travis Pastrana did the Bellagio. Maybe he did it when all the water was up and they were playing that... Lionel Richie song, and it was at the height of it. <laughs> well, I don't think it's so much about the height as it is the length. Oh. <laughs> but probably, probably Lionel true. Richie song. I don't know. Don't they play um, all night long? Is that Lionel Richie? Uh, I don't know, and I don't think they play that. <laughs> Every <laughs> hour they play that while the phone goes off. I feel like they just play like classical music. Listen. Maybe the Grove Fountain does that. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't That's prepare okay. for this conversation. Okay, may I? Yes. Okay, so he's in Vegas. He's mm-hmm. watching this boxing match. Sees the fountains. I'm going to jump that. Mm-hmm. So he makes a fake company called Evil Knievel Enterprises. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he just make a real company called that is what I want to know. But okay, go on. <laughs> well, I guess he doesn't. Good point. He doesn't make a fake company. That's a company that doesn't exist, but he starts making calls on behalf of mm, that company. I see. So rather than calling and being like, hey, I'm this uh, kind of small-time daredevil guy who's right, right. You know, pretty localized in Southern California-ish. Yeah. You haven't heard of me. We I want to jump your it. fountain. 
No. Instead We've of all doing made that, a call and said, hi, I'm Catherine Feeney's publicist. And, exactly. And you put on a British accent. Yeah. This is day one stuff. So mm-hmm. that's exactly what he did. Yep. He puts on his best accent and he's like, hello, this is the <laughs> Evil Knievel Enterprise. <laughs> Great. And he calls the CEO of Caesar's Palace. Mm-hmm. Caesar himself. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. You know what? I didn't check that. I will check. It is. Mm-hmm. But for now, let's just say that the guy's name was Jay Sarno. Oh, because okay. that was his name. Okay, great. So he calls Jay Sarno, and he's like pretending to be this big company that he's got mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. Yeah. And he's like, "What? No, who? No, I don't want any of that." So okay. then he calls back, pretending to be ABC. Oh. And he calls back pretending to be Sports Illustrated, inquiring about this jump that they hear may be happening at his this casino. is a genius move. I know. I am going to take this out of his playbook you and should. employ it in my own life. We all should. Start making fake phone calls. I'm going to call all of the biggest podcast networks and say, hey, I heard you heard of 30 Minute Expert. I heard you were going to rep them. <laughs> yes, please do that. <laughs> wow. Within everyone listening, please do that. <laughs> do it on our behalf. <laughs> After Jay Sarno gets these calls from ABC and from Fake Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. he's like, okay. He's like, oh, shoot. I missed out on something. Honestly, yeah. He's like, okay, I'll do this jump. So he meets with, with uh, Evil. Mm-hmm. They work out the deal. And they plan to jump it on New Year's Eve 1967. Oh, yeah. Good plan. New Year's Eve. What a great what a great time. Vegas. I know. Yeah. So now uh, Evil starts to work backwards, and he's like, okay, now I'm going to call a real ABC and see if they want to put this on their wide world of sports. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hello, ABC. What? No, we're not doing that. We're not going to air that. That's crazy. But they said if it was as spectacular as it sounded, <laughs> they would buy the rights to it if he filmed it. Okay. So he, out of his own pocket, pays to have it filmed. Mm-hmm. Um. In, including his new wife, Linda too, Linda Evans. Literally, she, also a Linda. Also a Linda, yeah. Okay. She's working as a camera operator. Okay. <laughs> and they film this thing. So he takes off on his motorcycle. I think it's 141 feet that he's going to jump. Okay. He takes pretty, off. pretty sinking far. Yeah, that's a long distance. Um, he's pulling up to the ramp, and mm-hmm. he says... He says that he felt the motorcycle kind of spontaneously decelerate as he was oh. taking off. So he goes flying through the air and oh, no. comes up a little short. Oh, no. Slams down like his arm, like the handlebars rip out of his arms and the seat kind of like punches his butt up. So he flies up headfirst over the handlebars and is like, if you watch the video, it's insane. Apparently, like if you watch the video and you see the shot of him falling... Uh-huh. And like tumbling across the pavement. That was his wife's camera <gasps> that shot that angle. Oh no, Linda. He's like a real life ragdoll. Like wow. getting tossed around. It's crazy. He broke his femur, his pelvis. He fractured his hip, his wrist. He broke his ankle. And he got a really bad concussion. But he came but- out of the hospital mm-hmm. very famous. Yeah. And mm. with a deal from ABC, they're like, we'll buy that. So, <laughs> we'll put that on TV. After all that, he's like, worth it. Yeah. And I think ABC even paid more than he, what he wanted initially. Also, like, maybe people, maybe it was more valuable since he crashed. You know how people are. Definitely, they love yeah. watching people crashing and burning and getting hurt and laughing and all these crazy things. Like, 
that is insane. You never you never see someone jump that far in a motorcycle. You also see never never see someone crash and burn that badly. Yeah, you should look up the video. It's nuts. Ugh, it's I don't brutal. Like that it's kind hard. Of it stuff. honestly is hard to watch. I want to see. And the one I watched, they like it's all slowed down and like Ugh, it really that's terrible. You feel like you're watching somebody die. die frankly, yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't stop him though. Five months later, he's no. back doing another jump. <laughs> of course. And again, completely eats it. Are you kidding? Breaks his leg. Does this man ever land a jump? Nope. Breaks his foot. Four months later, he's like, I'm going again, baby. Wow. <laughs> Crashes again. Breaks his hip again. I told you, he sucks at jumping motorcycles. He really does. But he's getting rich because he's making yeah. like $25,000 of performance. And in today's money, that's a million dollars, so. <laughs> For real. But the wheels keep spinning. The mm-hmm. wheels are spinning in his mind, and he's like, I gotta, I gotta do something <laughs> big. Going more and more off the rails. Progressive <laughs> <each> concussion. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he's trying to think up something huge, and he's uh-huh. like, I got it. I'm gonna jump over the Grand Canyon. I thought, I when we when I assigned you Evil Knievel in my head, I thought he jumped over the Grand Canyon. But then I thought that's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> of course he didn't. It is ridiculous. He really, really wanted to, uh-huh. but the government was like, "No, you dingus! We're not letting you <laughs> jump over the Grand Canyon. We're not going to grant you rights to the airspace above the Grand Canyon. Right. Don't We're even not gonna think about it. We're not going to let you destroy a portion of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, and you for inevitably real. crash and burn." So as the story goes, he is on an airplane mm-hmm. and he he's coming back into Montana and he looks down and he sees the uh, Snake River Canyon in okay. Idaho. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I could jump that. Okay. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so he says, I'm going to jump that. It's a 1600 foot span across. Uh-huh. It's like a very, very flat Idaho plain, uh-huh. deep canyon with a river running through it. And then just more flat plane. He's like, I'm going to jump over that. So he leases land. It's 1,600 feet across? Yes, yes. And he crashed after 141 feet at Caesar's Palace? This is true. All right, so go ahead, proceed. Good. You're following. I like that. <laughs> so he leases land on both sides of the canyon. <laughs> so he, he spends like a ton it. of money. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's not smart, but he's not completely stupid uh-huh. he knows that a motorcycle can't make it 1600 okay. feet all right so i know I, I know he just said he's not he's not smart but he's not completely stupid but he is stupid enough to say <laughs> what if i strap a rocket to the bike <laughs> then will it work <laughs> answer no he got a team to build a steam-powered rocket uh-huh. that they call it a rock i think they called it the rocket bike or something it was not a bike maybe there was a motorcycle like inside of the thing i don't know maybe there's some way where they were like well technically it's a motorcycle it's a full-on rocket i think they were just calling it the rocket bike because he's famous for riding a bike uh so they set up this full-on rocket like there's a um little like angled takeoff ramp that's like a hundred feet long or something like that Mm -hmm. so he's on one side of the canyon they build this huge dirt mound picture like a ramp made out of dirt Mm -hmm. and then on that ramp they built this really long metal rail that the rocket sits on. So when the rocket blasts off, it's guided along this rail that shoots it up off the ramp over the canyon. Okay. So Did anyone think this was going to work? Or were they all like, let's just appease him and build a ridiculous rocket? 
I think they thought it would work, but one of the producers of the event, he was really afraid that Evil was going to back out. Oh, um, I'm not afraid because of that. Because <laughs> I think he kind of thought Evil didn't think it would work, mm-hmm. which it didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> they uh, they wanted to put it on TV. They couldn't get it on TV, but he hired this really crazy uh, kind of, what do you call it? I don't know, publicist, marketing company, someone mm-hmm. to, to do the marketing for the event. And they got it on uh closed circuit television in movie theaters so they sold movie tickets to show it live in theaters tons and tons and tons of them so he uh sets up this rocket thing there's thousands of people there witnessing it in Mm -hmm. real life and it shoots over the canyon this rocket takes off he's just blasting off into space but like right after it takes off the safety parachute which i believe that was the plan all along was that Mm -hmm. it'll rocket over like i don't i i Honestly, don't know if he was supposed to land on the other side on wheels and like ride out mm-hmm. this landing, or if he was supposed to like have this parachute eject that kind of gently brought this rocket back down to earth. But anyway, the rocket or the parachute goes off prematurely, uh, like kind of right out of the gate, yeah, causing a ton of drag. Yeah, of so this rocket doesn't even make it halfway across the river <laughs> before the parachute. <laughs> is out and the wind starts blowing it and it blows it backwards <laughs> and it lands on the shore of the river on the same side that he took off from but like way down at the bottom of the canyon so yeah. people thought that he would maybe like died in there he said that if it would have landed in the water he would have drowned because his harness like got stuck but oh, thankfully wow. it landed on the ground mm-hmm. which you know even with the parachute i'm sure was a pretty rough impact yeah you know it wasn't falling from the sky it was coming down pretty softly but still this thing yeah i don't think it was made to land that way but a success because he got all this press from it you know it was a huge 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 event after that he went to wembley stadium he sold ninety thousand tickets at wembley stadium he's in texas he sold out like two nights back to back a hundred thousand tickets to watch one of his things uh, wow. In Wembley, actually, he broke, uh, he crashed again and broke his pelvis, which if you're counting at home, that's two pelvis breaks. <laughs> okay. And at that point, he said he was done. He, uh-huh. like, after the event, literally took the mic from the MC and was like, ladies and gentlemen, you have watched me jump. He's like, you're the last humans on earth who ever watched Aww. me jump. I'm done. I'm walking <laughs> away from this. And with a broken pelvis, he walked out of the arena. Wow. Like he refused the help of a stretcher. One of the more impressive things he's even done. Yeah, he's pretty cool in that way. Yeah. But just a few months later, he jumped again. <laughs> <laughs> he can't stay away. <laughs> so this time, he's jumping a bunch of, I think they were buses. Mm-hmm. And it was like 14 buses or something like that. And he came up short again, but this time, like, good idea, buddy. He built, like, a like a um, safety landing over top of the final bus. Okay. So in the event that he lands short, he doesn't just smash into the bus and break his pelvis for a third time. So he landed on, like, on top of the third bus, which was kind of part of the landing ramp, but they still called it a successful jump because he didn't oh, go to sure. the hospital after. <laughs> That's how we're measuring it now. Yeah. Um. Which, yeah, I mean, like I said... Good idea. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know why you didn't do that 35 jumps ago. Yeah. Then January 1977, he is planning a jump over a tank full of sharks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which, I mean, sounds pretty par for the course for this guy. So he's doing a test run, and on one of the test runs, he 
wipes out, smashes into a cameraman. Evil breaks both of his arms, and he hurt the cameraman what he thought was really badly. He Uh thought he, like, poked this guy's eye out. Um, But it did hurt the cameraman's eye pretty bad, and he had to go to the hospital and everything like that. And I guess, for some reason, that of all crashes, like, really affected him the most. I think, you know, he's also just getting older. Well, maybe it's because he hurt someone. Yeah, exactly. That is it. Then he brought somebody else into it. So that was his last jump. Really? I mean, he didn't even do the jump. He didn't do yeah, the Yeah, because he broke jump. both his arms. Yeah. Um, but that was his, like, that was his last thing. After oh. that, I think he made one more appearance in 1980 in uh, Mexico City or something like that. Um, but no jumping there, just mm. just riding. Just waving. Yeah, just really. walking out. <laughs> and after that, he kind of just coasted to a stop of, of his performing career. He would mm-hmm. tour a little bit with his son, Robbie, who had his own show. Um, but just writing stuff, just speaking, yeah. never doing jumps ever again. Well, good for him. He finally, you know, learned his lesson in a way. I yeah. Guess. So while he had those two broken arms, mm-hmm. you know, you'd think, okay, you've had this long career. You've made a lot of money. You've made a lot of people happy. Maybe You're still alive. You're still alive. You have your health. Mm-hmm. Maybe after this 1977 jump, you should just... Take it easy. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a place in Palm Springs. <laughs> sit by the pool. Yeah. Relax. Recover. Uh-huh. He's like, nah. <laughs> he flew to uh, L.A. Uh-huh. and went to 20th Century Fox with an aluminum bat. What? And he beat the vice president of 20th Century Fox. Like, beat him viciously. Wait, why? With two broken arms. Because uh, I think he thought he, like, screwed him out on some deal. Something oh like that. What? Yeah. This took a turn. Yes. I was feeling all good for him that like he he hurt this cameraman and he has a heart of gold and he was like, I can never hurt another human being. I'm quitting. And then literally his next step is to go viciously beat someone with a bat? Yeah. I don't know if he has a heart of gold. No. He's got arms of steel though because (laughs) with two broken arms, he beats this guy, you know, not that funny, but within an inch of his life. Jeez, really? Yeah. And he gets arrested of course yeah. and he gets sentenced to six months in jail uh-huh. and three years probation all right so not great for him not great but that same year bally's came out with the pinball machine so it's not all bad news <laughs> are you kidding <laughs> no <laughs> that same year yeah <laughs> but he did lose his sponsorship with harley davidson mm. and the company um ideal toys which handled all of the you know toy sales because he sold a ton of toys mm. with his face with mm-hmm. his motorcycles with his stunts all these little sets the company says between 1972 and 1977 they sold 125 million dollars worth of evil Knievel toys wow but not after that yeah uh fox beating yeah so he lost harley davidson he lost the toy Dang. deal you have to think, unfortunately, maybe some of those concussions played into his decision to beat someone up like that. You know, like maybe that, maybe Probably. earlier in his life that wouldn't have been something he would have done. And now he's a little shaken up and a little off. I would hope so. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like they find out now with CTE and yeah. football players yeah, and things. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. athletes of all sports that... That can lead to some irrational behavior yeah. down the road. Mm-hmm. And this guy definitely took his fair share of butt whoopings. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty nuts. Uh, so okay, that's that's about all I have. I don't know how much more you guys need to know about Evil Can Evil. That's... Go look it up yourself. Um, but we <laughs> I have think some you fun told facts. Us everything. Okay, <laughs> yeah. great. Give us a few a few hot fun facts to wrap it up. Okay. Oh well, I will say that he died in um, he died in 2007. He had been suffering um, from diabetes for a long time and something mm. called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis hmm. so he was he was dying for a little while until mm-hmm. he eventually died he, he did kind of recover his good name i will say oh. um between you know his imprisonment in 1977 <laughs> and his death 30 years later uh-huh. he kind of came back around in the late 90s early 2000s and there was you know you got to figure by that time the people who had grown up with evil knievel the the people who were like your dad like my dad yeah exactly exactly the people who were 10 years old in the early 70s mm-hmm. you know they're now 35 40 they're not having kids of their own putting their own kids on little motorcycles and bikes and stuff so there, mm-hmm. there was he kind of came back around again as yeah. his fans are now adults with buying power mm-hmm. thus he's you know commercially viable yeah. entity again and maybe we've forgotten about the that too of, of course yeah. yeah once you put a couple decades between mm-hmm. yeah that so he he came back in a little bit and would make appearances here and there. He got inducted into the Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Hmm. He did commercials for a couple of companies. A couple of movies came out about him. Things okay. like that. Mm-hmm. So forgive right. and forget. Yeah. Oh, but I will say with that um, with that crime he committed, uh, he so he lost a settlement to the guy that he beat. Mm-hmm. I don't have the guy's name here. But it was a $13 million settlement, mm. and the guy never saw a penny because after that, he was totally bankrupt. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, and that's too bad for that guy, too. Yeah, too bad for that guy. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Yeah, sucks. Yeah. Okay, a couple quick things. Mm. He starred in a movie okay. called Viva Knievel. He was a really... <laughs> aside from what we just covered, he had really strong morals. Mm-hmm. He was very into the idea of keep your word. Like, okay. like if you say you're going to do it, do it. That's why he didn't back out of a lot of jumps that he otherwise would have. Right. Because he said he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. So he did it. Uh, he was really into helmet safety for motorcycles, always pushing mm-hmm. that. Very anti-drug. Okay. Really wanted to... And this goes back to when he first changed his name, wanted to distance himself from the Hells Angels because he didn't want to be associated with bad bikers at mm. all. He demolished them for being drug dealers and things like that. Mm-hmm. He starred in a movie as himself. Mm-hmm. The movie is called Viva Knievel. And in the movie, he stops uh, drug dealers from smuggling narcotics into the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> did he write it, too? <laughs> yeah, honestly, good point. He probably did. So there's that. Uh, he... Obviously did not know physics. He was really just... All of this stuff is by the seat of his that pants. That would have helped had he known physics. I agree. And I... Had he had a friend who knew physics. <laughs> <laughs> had he ever heard the word physics and pondered what that might mean, he may have saved himself some broken bones. Yeah. Which he had many. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most broken bones, I think. But they inflated it like a ton. It says that he may have suffered... 433 bone fractures in his career. Wow. But that's way overshooting the mark, I think, because his own son says that it was probably closer to 40 to 50 
and Evil himself says it was more like 35. Really? Yeah. I feel like you listed out at least 35 during this episode. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot. Let's not act like 35 broken bones isn't a ton. Yeah, no. I've had zero, so. Same. I don't, yeah, I don't think I know anyone who's broken five bones. Yeah. No, that's terrible. And, like, if you did... I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, especially when two, twice at least it was his pelvis. Yeah, which is a very essential big bone. And shattered femurs, broken yeah. legs, broken knees, wrists multiple times, ribs. Yeah. Like it's this yeah, it's a mess. Not fun. Mm-hmm. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> is that it? I, th- I think that's all I got. I mean, we yeah, come on, that was a lot. That was yeah. This is. This is a long episode. This is a long one, but absolutely, absolutely fascinating. What a fascinating dude. I didn't expect half of that stuff, especially in the beginning. Um, And I think it's really cool, like, hearing about people who make such big pivots in their life, kind of. Yeah. Um, He, for a good while, there was no hint of this coming. Mm -mm. And then all of a sudden, bam, Evil Knievel everywhere. Pinball machines, little kids' toys. Everyone knows his name. Yeah. I know. And like, hats off to the, the marketing initiative that this guy took with everything he did. Yeah. I mean, he went from creating this minor league hockey team to 12 years, uh, sorry, creating this minor league hockey team to maybe... Nine years later, they're selling a hundred million dollars worth of his toys because yeah. he's now famous for riding motorcycles. It's like it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's and so cool. The initiative he took to market himself and promote yeah. himself that honestly is inspiring. It really, mm-hmm. really is. It's smart. It's it's cool. What yeah. a cool, a very cool dude. You know, he's a colored past. A few not so great things either. But as we said, perhaps due to some concussions. That's why we all need to protect our heads. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was incredibly fascinating. Yeah, I just remembered one more thing. This will be the last thing. Hmm. Apparently before that Caesar's Palace jump, mm-hmm. he was like moments before. He was in the casino. He put the last $100 he had down on the table. I forget which game, but he lost it. Oh. Then he took a shot of wild turkey and then he went out and did the jump. <laughs> and what a guy. That seems to sum him up perfectly Yeah, in a 10-minute span. Yeah. Yeah, that really does. Yeah. I don't think you told us about hardly one jump he landed. I think we covered maybe one, one. jump that he landed. <laughs> this dude. Evil Knievel. Dude was nuts. Professional motorcycle crasher. But you know what? Who else was willing to crash that many times? No one. Mm-mm. So good for him. Yeah. Cool. Go watch his videos on YouTube. It, you will be amazed. Yeah. Well, good suggestion. Dad. Dad Rad. Thank you. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew it was going to be so great? I know. This you is know who knew? Cool. Your dad knew. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 30 Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today. And send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you're a real-life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at 30MinuteExpertPodcast, that's 30MinuteExpertPodcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.